This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Welcome to the Candid Life Podcast, where we turn our broken hallelujahs into melody lines of impact, and I'm your host, Lydia Bachway. Today, the theme is student moments that took my breath away. (laughs) You know, have you ever experienced a moment in your life and thought, whoa, thank you, Jesus, this is so good. I need to pause, reflect, and process what just happened. And then there are some other times when you think, Lord Jesus, deliver me. Because I feel like I just had an emotional whiplash and I need some healing therapy. (laughs) Can I hear an amen? mm -hmm, Or come on, speak the truth, sister. Because believe me, either way, These are moments that took your breath away. Listen, as long as we're alive, (laughs) we are going to go through these moments. And the choice is, how are we going to perceive them? What is the perspective that we're going to use to help us process that moment? I love this quote by the late Maya Angelou, the poet, who said, life is not measured by the number of breaths we take, but by the moments that take our breath away. Child of God, the first time I read that quote, I had to inhale the power and exhale the goodness in those words. There is so much truth in that quote I wanted to celebrate it by sharing student moments that took my breath away. So grab a drink, sit back, relax, and listen and learn as you enter into these experiences with me. Give me grace and a safe space. It was my second day as a long-term science guest teacher at the school and a letter of complaint from a parent landed in my inbox. The parent was concerned because his son came home and said he was being bullied by a girl in the class. I read the letter and thought, sweet Jesus, I barely got here and I'm already receiving a letter of complaint. Well, I went into school that morning and when the particular class came in, I got the students working and called the two students out. I brought up the concern and my was I taken aback by the response. The girl was cussing so much, even I got concerned for a hot minute. I told her to stop, but she was already a boiling point. If I was blind, I could clearly see why this poor boy felt afraid and intimidated by her. To lower the temperature, I quickly sent the boy back into the classroom and kept her out for a brief chat to see how we could move past the chip on his shoulder. 
Child of God, I said, we just met. Why are you so angry? (laughs) You're the one in my business. You're the one in my business, she said. I said, you need to calm down. You can't get angry like this. You'll get into trouble. Have they told you that I've been suspended six times? She said it like it was a badge of honor. No, is that something you're proud of? No, I'm just saying. After further conversation, I encouraged her to focus on her work because she was capable and sent her back into class. The issue the parent raised was addressed and the boy was transferred to another classroom. Time passed and our relationship improved. It improved to the point that she thought it was okay to take my cell phone off my table and take selfies and record herself doing a happy dance during a lab. Freaked out by what happened, (laughs) I spoke to her about it and the issue was addressed by admin. Interestingly enough, when she was asked why she did it, she said, this is how Mrs. Gago and I roll. And I thought, mm-mm, we do not roll like that. She meant no malice by what she did. However, the misconception that we roll like that was quickly addressed. And obviously, that was a wake-up call for me <laughs> to reset the boundary lines of the teacher-student relationship. After her suspension, she came back to class and asked if she could return. I asked her why the question. She said, I thought you were going to kick me out because all the other teachers had kicked me out. I was heartbroken to hear the news. I said, no, you're always welcome here. She seemed genuinely relieved and went to take a seat in class. That day she worked well. Lynn started putting more effort into her classwork. I sat next to another student who became a peer mentor, coming alongside her and providing needed support and help. She was patient and gracious towards Lynn. She was calm in temperament, which chilled Lynn's fiery disposition. (laughs) They were just a perfect fit. Lynn's engagement in her work, her class participation and grades began to improve. One afternoon during a science field project, Lynn and I were sat on a bench having a chat. She wasn't feeling too well that day and I felt that she needed to reset while her group continued to work on the project. She said she hadn't been sleeping well because of all the drama that was going on between her mom and her grandma who lived with them. I listened. Then I asked out of curiosity, where's your dad? She responded, he's in prison. From young, I've had to fight for my mom from him. And I also look after my brother. It's hard for my mom to cope with me because I get into so much trouble. Her words took my breath away. The walls of defense had come down as she shared so candidly about her life. And they came down because I was listening. I wasn't judging. I looked into her eyes and I could see the child, vulnerable, fighting to live life in the best way that made sense to her. I sat quiet for a moment and then I said, thank you for sharing. Then I thought to myself, here is a young person diagnosed with ADHD, coming into school every day with a smile on her face, 
has to go home to a constant struggle. I did meet her mom at parents' consultation. She was young, simply working hard and making ends meet for her family. I will say, though, she was very thankful to see a black teacher in the school because she felt comfortable to share her genuine thoughts and concerns, feeling that I would understand and appreciate her struggle. Why do I share this story? I share this story because the disciplinarian in me could have easily had Lynn out of the science class every single time. She was disrespectful, loud, mean-spirited, disruptive, and angry. So there were some times she came into class tired and would fall asleep, and I would have to wake her up so that she could do a little bit more. However, I felt it was important for me to keep her in class, to show her that she was capable of learning and that she could succeed. Lynn needed structure, support, firm boundaries, and unconditional love, and a safe space to land anytime she fell. So I do need to ask, If you're a teacher in a classroom, can you think of a student or students who might need that grace and safe space? If you are not a teacher in the classroom, do you know of a teacher who provided that opportunity for you? How did that change your life? And more importantly, how are you extending grace and providing space for others to move forward in their lives? Coming up, if at first you don't succeed. If at first you don't succeed. Tony was one of those math on a sixth grade students who was mature beyond his years. He was quietly spoken, respectful, studious, and a deep thinker. He walked around school holding tightly to his books, a sign of someone who really valued his education. He loved learning and was ready and willing to struggle through the process by asking questions until he came to a place of understanding. He earned my respect from the first day I met him. During one math class, I had gone through the concept and wanted some input from the students. As we went through some examples, I called on Tony and he was having a hard time working through the problem to get to the answer, so I had to use a variety of variables and examples that made sense to him. Other students were busy waving their hands frantically, indicating that they knew the answer, but I refused to yield because I wanted Tony to answer the question. He finally got it. It was a eureka moment and deserved a happy dance. I felt the joy as I could see the light bulb in his mind brighten as he sat back in the chair relieved that he got the answer. Maybe it was the pressure. But the rest of the class time, he did the work with greater understanding and confidence. And as he left at the end of class, clutching tightly to his books, he said, Mrs. Gago, I understand it now. I responded, good. When my assignment for the class had come to an end, Tony gave me a card. He wrote, I'm sorry I couldn't get you a gift, but I hope you like this letter. 
Dear Mrs. Gago, thank you for being a brilliant and kind teacher. You told me to never doubt myself. You putting time in teaching me means a lot to me. You gave me chances or opportunities, which is leading me to success in math. I'm grateful for you putting in time and the way you teach. Thank you again. I hope I see you around or even be our substitute again. Sincerely, Tony. I had to pause and soak in his words. His words were an accumulation of impactful moments he had felt during the time I was teaching his math class. I felt blessed and thankful. The experience with Tony reminded me that each student needs time to process information and it is important to allow for that time so that students can articulate their thoughts clearly. So the question is, who do you need to come alongside in their struggle to learn something new? Who do we need to be patient with? And in some cases, it might even be ourselves. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. Her name was Heaven. She was like an excited electron. She came into class with high energy, was in everybody's business, getting into arguments, could not sit still, did minimum work, would not keep quiet, and sometimes slept in class because she was very tired. Yes, yes, it was another challenging family situation. By the way, this was the behavior she demonstrated in all her classes, so everyone knew her. All he had to do was mention her name, and the one thing you heard was negative. Her goodness was masked by her poor behavior. Heaven was on earth, and she had me on high alert. Her constant reactions to everything that people said or did left me and her peers emotionally exhausted and sometimes irritated. I found that I was mentioning her name too far often, and I didn't like it. Heaven was very aware of her own struggles and also wanted to fix them. So she asked me to get her a desk so she could sit at the front of a class with her back to her classmates. I connected with the counseling office and we made it happen. She was happy to have that, but it was a momentary fix. Then one day while talking with her, she expressed that she wanted to someday become an elementary or preschool teacher. I was excited for her sharing and mentioned that in order for her to be an effective teacher, she would have to learn to focus, concentrate, and have a good attitude. She agreed. I designed the ACT program, which focused on raising academic achievement by providing a supportive environment that fostered having a good attitude, concentration, and task completion. I shared the idea and got buy-in from the school counselor, Heaven herself, and her mother. We all collaborated on appropriate rewards for achievements, and I rolled out the program. The program was a win. 
There was an immediate turnaround in Heaven's attitude. She came into class more positive and eager to learn so that she could meet her goals. Her relationships with me and the peers improved and her grades went up. She was now working at a table with her peers and not on a desk in isolation as she had previously requested. The fun part for me was that one of her rewards was being the teacher helper for the day. So I allowed her to take attendance and walk around the class with me while we checked students' work. It was amazing watching how she interacted with her peers and the confidence that exuded as she explained things to them. She was so focused helping her classmates that I had to ask her to pause so that I could give the class further instructions. It was absolutely wonderful seeing her bloom. As educators, I believe we cannot afford to give up on any child because of their behavior. Human relationships are very complex and we have to continually remind ourselves that certain behaviors may be indicative of something else going on that we may not be privy to. If we care enough to see our students succeed, we would be willing to go the extra mile. I'm not saying it's easy. Some children are simply testing. However, we can't afford to leave a child behind. My prayer every day is, please God, give me the wisdom to tap into what each child needs so that I can help unlock their potential. Amen. So here's your to-do. Think about a student who'd benefit from this prayer. Stay open to the ideas that come to mind and then find a way to implement it. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, who has a talent to share? Who has a talent to share? Before I met James, I saw him in the halls and he always seemed to be distressed and crying. I often wondered, why is he always in an emotional tizzy? At times I saw him walk around with the nation's flag in hand and wondered what was that all about. I worked with him before in science and he responded well, but somehow it was never quite clear what was triggering these emotional outbursts. One day I had him during a math cover. James worked very well and stayed on task. I often liked to throw a little bit of fun at the end of class, so I asked if anyone had a special talent they would like to share. James' hand shot up, so I welcomed him to the front and I stepped aside. James then proceeded to challenge his classmates to mention the name of any country in the world and he would describe the nation's flag. We were all surprised at his ask, so I encouraged the students to mention the countries and check for accuracy. Thank God for Google. 
Students started calling out names of nations in a rapid fire fashion and James was energized by the challenge as he described the nation's flags including obscure countries even I had never heard of in my life. He was so happy we were all in shock. I was so overwhelmed by the moment that I literally yelled, Oh my God, this is amazing! Then I had to quickly remind myself that I was the teacher in the room and calm down. The students were very impressed by his intelligence and I could quickly see a shift as they started viewing him through a different lens, a lens of awe, as they marveled at his capability. It was wonderful to see James displaying his talent in a way that elevated his genius. It was so good to watch him operating in so much confidence. As I have gotten to know him, I have been impressed with his speaking and presentation skills. Definitely a skill that needs to be nurtured. As educators, we need to create time and space that allows students to share their talents or provide collaborative, fun learning opportunities for students to see each other in a different light. I am always so thankful that I created that space for James to shine. So my call to action for you this time is this. As an educator, how do you foster creativity in the classroom? I know someone is going to say, but that takes a lot of time. And as teachers, we have too much to do and so much to get through. I agree. However, I will say that building a classroom environment that fosters a sense that every student belongs can grow reach out to others and thrive is the foundational ingredient to classroom management. It also creates access to better teaching and learning, which results in higher academic achievement. Something to definitely think about. A timely gift. The Take 5 opportunity was simply an activity at the end of class where each student took five or less minutes to tell us something about themselves. Well, I figured that since I was asking the students to do it, I should do it as well. So I came in very excited that morning and I shared a little bit about myself, where I was born, the countries I'd lived in and some key experiences. And I opened up for questions and it was a fun way of creating connections with my students and building a community of inclusions. However, that month for me was an extremely challenging month professionally and personally and I was feeling very stressed. I prayed daily for God's strength. I enlisted support from my friends and a therapist to help me navigate through some of those challenges. Then one Wednesday, I opened up my email and voila, a parent had written me a scathing personal attack, questioning my qualifications and ability to teach my subject because her daughter got a C 
in science. In spite of the hurtful words, I should say I graciously responded. I shared the email with my science colleagues and in addition, classroom management became a little bit of a challenge, in fact wearisome I should admit, because that same group of students in that class there were a couple who were misbehaving and sort of fed off each other. And sometimes you know how it is as a teacher. It's very difficult to keep up when there's meanness in the class and people see what has happened, but nobody wants to tell because they don't want to be called a snitch. That made things a little challenging for me as well. And sometimes I will admit, I just simply wanted to get through the day and through the week. But the following day when I came back, one of my colleagues had bought some flowers and put some chocolate on my table. Believe me, I felt the love. And before class started, one of my students from another class came in. And she had a bag in hand. And she said, Mrs. Gago, this is for you. I opened the gift bag and pulled out the most beautifully crocheted red scarf with flags from all the countries I had lived in. I was so overwhelmed by her thoughtfulness. And in fact, I was so touched I could only give her a fist bump because of school regulations. <laughs> What blessed me was the fact that whilst I was sharing during my five minutes, she was taking notes and decided to go out of her way to create this tangible reminder of my travels. It simply blew me away. You know, and I will never forget that day because what she created for me was more than a scarf. It was an encouragement, a tangible reminder of my higher purpose as a teacher, which is to bring out the best in my students, not just academically, but in their citizenship and their talents. Her gift was the fuel for me to continue to press through each day until I completed my assignment at the school. I know that sometimes as a teacher, you give 100% of yourself to your work. And sometimes it's that 1% of negativity that pulls you away from your assignment. And so I carried that scarf with me throughout the school year as a tangible reminder of my work as a teacher is to empower, challenge, and empower students to reach their full potential. So your call to action is this. I would encourage you to think of a student or a moment that has brought positivity to your workday. Capture that moment and find a tangible reminder to keep you moving forward in your purpose. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And after that, our final story I trust you.
I trust you. When Samantha walked into my classroom carrying a small bag and her Chromebook, the cuts and bruises on the uncovered parts of her arms and midriff caused me pause. She was petite, her face stoic, and her headphones were like a security blanket. I remember that first time I called attendance. Samantha, she stopped me and said, call me Rex. So I quickly apologized and called her Rex, then moved on with the rest of the names. It was clear that there were a lot of walls that would have to come down for our relationship to thrive. I had just arrived at school in the middle of the school year. The students had experienced many substitute teachers, and so I was tasked to bring some stability to the classroom. Patience would be a key ingredient for this relationship to work. Rex was not fully engaged in the class. She was distracted. She loved to work on her own and often expressed reluctance any time she was asked to work with a group. She didn't have any friends in the class. Whatever the reason, Rex stood out in my mind as someone I needed to help engage in the class. So one day, whilst I was standing in the kitchen thinking about what an amazing leader Rex was, I decided to initiate Leader of the Week, highlighting the key leadership qualities in my students. I felt Rex deserved recognition for simply showing up to class every day, especially when I heard about the challenging family situation she was living in. When I called her name and identified her qualities the next day as a lead of the week, which was courage, strength, and determination, she stood up to applause. I could tell looking at her that she was a bit surprised and unsettled by the public recognition. During the class time, she pulled me aside and she said, Mrs. Gago, I wasn't expecting that. I responded, I know, Rex. You are an example of a leader and the fact that you show up every day humbles me. She thanked me and that was the turning point of our relationship. One time in class, we were using X-Acto knives during an engineering project and she called me to the side again and she told me that she was not allowed to use knives because of her history of self-harm. I thanked her for sharing such an intimate detail. All I was providing was a listening ear and non-judgmental spirit and that is what it took to bring the walls of defense down. As time went on, Rex started engaging in her classwork. She started participating in classroom activities and soon gained respect from her peers. Then one day, while I was taking morning attendance, I called her name. Rex! She said, no, Mrs. Gago, don't call me that. Call me Samantha. I responded, I thought your name was Rex. She said, yes, it is. But I only let the people I trust call me Samantha. I had to pause and process that moment. And then I moved forward and called her Samantha and carried on 
taking attendance. The weeks passed and Samantha continued to make progress and finally moved from a D to a B in science before she left to go to ninth grade. On the last day of school, I had her sign my champion hoodie and she said to me, Mrs. Goggle, I know I have a mother, but you are like my mother. That was the highest compliment I have ever received from a student. Family, our students need to know that we are a safe place to land and that we genuinely care about them. The school counselors offer their support, but sometimes you and I are the only people they may feel comfortable talking to. Learning to see a student beyond their struggle is important. We all go through highs and low seasons in life and the hope is that somebody will come alongside us and support us and see us beyond our immediate struggle. What blessed my heart was I was thankful to hear that Samantha planned to go to college after high school and I pray for her continued success. Here is your final call to action. The question I have for you is this. Is there a person in your life or is there a student in your classroom who you need to see beyond your immediate struggle? And if there is, ask yourself, what can you do to help them move forward? Oh my goodness, these stories, as I tell them, just are so real to me. They just come alive and I feel as if I'm reliving them again. Can I say thank you again for listening to The Candid Life? Please email me your experiences, your teacher experiences, your own personal experiences about some of the things that I've shared or even your thoughts and comments. I would appreciate hearing from you. Email me at livethecandidlife at gmail.com Listen to the podcast on your popular platforms, including YouTube, and follow me on social media, Instagram, and TikTok. God has put you here on this earth for a reason. So until next time, remember your life matters, your story matters. So live the candid life 24-7. God bless you. Inaendeshwa na Afripods.